everybody, and welcome to Bridging the Digital Divide. I'm Lisa Kapala, and I have with us today Brad McKenna, who's always here. Hello, Brad. Hello. And also, we have a special guest today, Hayden Kane. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. So, Hayden, before we start the program, let's talk a little bit about your involvement with technology since this program is about bridging the digital divide. I'm sure there's no divide in your world. You're probably (laughs) helping everybody bridge it. But let's tell the folks a little bit about yourself. How old are you? I'm 14 years old. I'm a freshman at Wilmington High, and I I always love technology, just um, being involved with it. And I've always uh, enjoyed taking things apart and putting them back together. And uh, I built my first computer in seventh grade. Wow. And that's always been a big part of my daily life because I, I use it a lot to learn more about technology. And then um, recently in the eighth grade last year, I built a 3D printer with my grandfather, and that was a great experience because um, the uh, we bought a kit, but it didn't have any instructions in English. <laughs> so oh we ended up having to build it almost from scratch. But that was it was a very cool learning experience and more about the mechanical side of things because I've always been involved in the more the digital side of things. Right. And as far as helping your parents bridge the digital divide, do you help your mom and dad with their computers and their issues with their computers? Um, yes and no. I mean, my parents are lucky that they are more uh, tech savvy. Well, not as much my mom as my dad, but um, my dad worked for IBM. So he was, yeah, he, uh, he always worked with a laptop and tech, using technology and everything, but my mom not as much, but she and she likes using it and everything. So, do you think you inherited your love of technology from your dad? Um, I'm not sure. I think definitely, maybe from my grandfather because he he um, he worked for he was um, part of the company ProtoPack, which is a cir- which was a circuit board company, and he worked there for many years and now he's retired. But he he I always went there and. Uh, walked around with him, and it was very interesting. They had giant soldering machines. <laughs> wow, cool. All right, so nice. you're here today to talk to us about oh, cyber currency, <laughs> cryptocurrency, and Bitcoinery. No, those are my terms, but um, we're here to talk about Bitcoin. So I'm going to actually have Brad step in first and tell us what Bitcoin really is. Sure, so Bitcoin is something that they call the cryptocurrency, meaning that no, uh, there's no physical representation of the currency and no uh, one country actually backs the money so like you have the dollars that are backed by the u.s government and and insured by the the government uh but this is just actually virtual currency so that means we can touch a physical 20 dollar bill but bitcoins actually aren't really tangible items bitcoins are just digital files yeah and i mean hayden you told me that people have made models of bitcoins but per se you can't really actually put a bitcoin in your purse or pocket yeah and the models have no actual bitcoin value Okay. When did Bitcoins come into being? That was, what, 2000? I don't know if you 2009. There you go. Hayden's got it. Okay. <laughs> and so why do we think Bitcoins came into being? Whose grand idea was that? So the base of it was there was a bunch of people, and they were led by a person named Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah. And he actually, nobody knows if he exists. That's fantastic. So he's more of an alias for for um, for the People, the person or people who made Bitcoin. And okay. there's actually a great documentary on Netflix um, called Banking on Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's an excellent show. I watched it with my friend. And um, they actually tracked down someone named Satoshi Nakamoto. And he said, I am not the founder of Bitcoin. So now that's hmm. basically confirming that it's an alias. But it's very interesting. Um, the base of Bitcoin is 
more of a it's eliminating the middleman, the middleman being the bank or the government. Right. Um, a lot of people who are more anti-establishment or um, someone who just wants to invest in it uh, go for Bitcoin just because there's no if you go with um, a bank or a government, there's more room for error, more room for corruption or more more room for something to go wrong. Whereas Bitcoin is all um, it's all run by the computers and the algorithms. Which doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> at all. I'll so, admit it's kind of confusing for me, too, because usually I don't think of, like, currency as an investment, but it kind of is now. Well, <laughs> especially with Bitcoin. And I guess, right. Aiden, you were explaining to me how Bitcoin works in that the algorithm has to solve something for the Bitcoin to exist. So, I don't yeah, get that. Bitcoin, uh, each, uh, you can trace back every transaction of a Bitcoin. So say I own one Bitcoin. I can find out exactly where each portion of the Bitcoin has been each individual wallet address. Okay, but then how does that eliminate the middleman? Because if we don't want a paper trail or we don't want to know where the money goes, because this has to do with the dark web, which we yeah. talked mm. about last time, so then it is traceable. Bitcoin is traceable. Yes, but there's no. it's not changing. So it's directly from person to person. It's it's not as, say, you're sending something through like Western Union or something. Right. You give the bank the money, and then um, your friend goes to the bank and then they get the money that you sent them right but the bitcoin is the same thing as going to see your friend and handing them the money hmm. so it's direct from person to person as opposed to going through another entity okay so that sounds like it would be a good thing is it a good thing brad yes and no it was actually i read uh, an article in uh, fortune magazine who gives a really good use case for for walmart and so there was an outbreak of like salmonella or something like that, and they had to recall um, all of the particular a uh, particular farm's heads of lettuce, and they needed to track down the transactions that go that from the store to the source. Okay. And with traditional with traditional uh, like import export shipping all that kind of stuff, it took them six days to figure it out. And so what they did is they did a test where they put the same situation but used blockchain, which is Bitcoin, excuse me, um, and the same process that took six days with physical currency took two seconds. So okay. for like a health reasons, there's, there's a good benefit for the digital ledger side of Bitcoin. Um, and you, you, are tra you are, like Hayden was saying, you can track everything down um, by, the, by the transactions. There's no middleman that's directly from like me to Hayden or vice versa, but that's all encrypted. encrypted. So there's no like personal data that anybody can actually see because that's the safety of it and the an anonymity of right, it. Right. <laughs> so explain blockchain, Hayden. So blockchain is, it's a series of math problems and algorithms that um, the computer solves to add uh, bitcoins to the ledger and add bitcoins yeah, to the That part like, I don't wallets. get. How can a computer figuring out math problems create a currency? Right, and that's no, that's really. fuzzy. It's it's you guys have to tell me how that works. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically built into the technology. Okay, and so like part of the, the the blockchain transaction is like you have to verify a transaction, and so in order to um, make it more secure, they have they have the mining process. Is what Hayden's yep, talking about. Talk is about you have to solve minute. the math problems, and there's actually uh, Shitoshi actually said that there's a finite number of bitcoins that million. can. What, how much is it? There's 21 million. 21 bitcoins. million because of the ever increasing complexity of the 
math problems that the miners have to solve to verify transactions. And wow. once the miners solve the transaction, they get Bitcoins for solving it and, cr- and creating the next link in the chain. Okay, but is the person that's doing the algorithm, are they really solving the math problem or it's their computer it's that's their computer. solving it? It's their computer. So there's actually devices out there that okay. are just dedicated yeah. miners. Because I was going to say, because Hayden could probably write an algorithm that would be able to make <laughs> some Bitcoin, but I don't think I could. So you would buy something then, that a device, Hayden, that would yes. convert so they or have, mine um, for you? You can buy ant miners, which are, um, they, are they have a USB versions that you plug in your computer and um, it runs programs on your computer and sends it to the big Bitcoin cloud and it um, and it solves the algorithms and then it sends the Bitcoin portion because I don't think there's any big um, unless you have a mining farm it's not going to give you salt whole Bitcoins for solving algorithms okay so who would want to mine and why would they um, I think it's more of an investment because personally I think Bitcoin mining, because the value has gone up so much, you need to put in thousands and thousands of dollars to have to a dedicated mining rig in order to make some money off of it. So let me stop you. So what you're saying is I would have to buy all of these pieces that would help me to be able to mine these Bitcoins. Correct. So you're not really buying the Bitcoin. You're buying the device that helps you to mine the Bitcoin. (laughs) Is that right? So you can buy Bitcoins. There are Bitcoin trading sites like Coinbase or Bitmax. And they, um, you can buy Bitcoins from there. Or so mining, originally people just started mining with their PCs. And that was inefficient, but you didn't have to, to you didn't have to buy anything. Um, Then people started buying dedicated processing units and then later on people realized that actual graphics cards that were used for gaming computers worked the best for getting the uh, bitcoin just but the power um, so now people buy um, they have uh, certain chassis like mm-hmm. you can go on to i don't know micro center or some uh, website that sells chassis and you can buy a six graphics card case it's crazy. <laughs> and they have uh, ASRock, which is a company that makes motherboards. Um, they have a board. It's called a BTC board, and it and it's built for harnessing up a certain amount of uh, graphics cards. And that's a way to build your own dedicated mining rig. Okay. It's tough to wrap your head around. So is Bitcoin <laughs> for everybody? Yeah. So you can, like uh, Hayden was saying, there's an app called Coinbase where you can create what they call a digital wallet, uh, attach your bank account, and buy bitcoins. And so you could. Well, that, that's I'm, not entirely I'm true a face because, at you because no, uh, are you sure that's safe to do? Norm, normal people um, can't afford to buy a bitcoin. So like I just checked this morning, and a, one bitcoin is worth ten thousand ninety one dollars and eight cents. Wow. There was a high back in November. One Bitcoin was worth $19,205.11. But that's because there were less of them out there, right? Because as more Most miners likely, yes. make yeah. more Bitcoins, because there's only how many? 21 million are yep. going to be allowed. There's And there's 80% have been mined. So there's only um, 4.2 million left. Okay. I'm glad you said that. So that's <laughs> why people are thinking about investing in Bitcoin exactly. because there's a finite amount of it, like stock, right? There's mm-hmm. a finite amount of it that will exist. So once you've got it, nobody else can get any more? Yes. So once the finite amount has been reached, um, the program will stop paying out miners, which I think is um, is a risk because if there's no incentive to mine, then people will stop doing it. 
I wonder what's going to happen there, right? Because the miner is a way to get people to verify the It's an the incentive link. to get right. the Bitcoin. Like, once they're not getting Bitcoins, you're still going to need that process to exactly. verify the transactions. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I'm just thinking, like, the Treasury decides to print more money. Who's to say that the people that made Bitcoin won't say, well, guess what? We're going to release another 20 million. I don't, I don't know, know if that's technically possible because it Everything is a technology. Is technically wow, possible. right. <laughs> it I've might be Bitcoin it. 2.0 that yeah. you could do, right? So then... Most people, when they invest, they want to know that their investments are insured. And mm. one of the major questions I got when I posed this to our Facebook friends was, are Bitcoins insured? No. No. So why would we use Bitcoins then if they're not insured? Uh, anonymity. Uh, it's easier if you don't trust if you don't trust the banks. Because yeah. this was actually um, the, the Banking on Bitcoin uh, documentary that Hayden Pension said that the Shitoshi created it in uh, in uh, response to the Great Recession in t- 2008. And so because all the banks failed and people were kicked out of their homes because they put the money in banks and stuff like that, and the Wall Street people are getting off scot-free and all that kind of stuff, this is a response because it decentralizes yeah. so everything. He, so he, if he is a he, created yes, this, right. he or they, right. uh, created this as a response right. to the banking situation yeah. and yeah. how horrible that was. I can see that point. Yeah. Well, I've got a little piece of information here. It oh. says, on March 25th, 2014, the IRS ruled that Bitcoin will be treated as property for tax purposes. Isn't that lovely? As opposed to currency, meaning Bitcoin will be subject to capital gains tax, everybody's favorite. One benefit of this ruling is that it clarifies the legality of Bitcoin. Yeah, they can't say Mm -hmm. it's an income if they're not going to, you can't say it's not real if you're not going to tax it. So I guess it does sort of legitimize it. Mm -hmm. Um, Investors no longer need to worry that investments in or profits made from Bitcoin is illegal or to worry about how to report them to the IRS. Isn't that nice of the IRS to find a way to report that? They're so good. But most countries and central banks don't consider Bitcoin legal. Mm -hmm. So who considers Bitcoin legal? All the people that are in the Bitcoin world, Hayden? Yeah, and a a lot, in my opinion, the reason that a lot of those countries think it's not legal is because there was a big controversy where um, people were using Bitcoin because it's non-traceable to buy things on the Silk Road. And that's yeah. basically the online black market. Right. We talked about that yeah, last time. Web, so yeah. everybody can backtrack to episode 12 and learn about <laughs> the dark web. Yeah, well, that's why we decided we have right. to talk about cryptocurrency because that's how some of these folks are buying some of these mm. dastardly deeds that they're buying on the <laughs> dark web. But do you think it will ever reach critical mass and it will replace real money? It can't because there's not enough of it. Right? I think I think that Bitcoin as as itself will not, but I think that definitely cryptocurrencies will will definitely make a stronger impact in my opinion, but just because how easy it is to use them. And I'm sure it's not as and I think especially since a lot of people are losing trust in the banks and the government and everything, right. um will turn like hey, they have no influence on this. Right. And I mean, every other day we're hearing about another place being hacked and our information exactly. being lost. So in the Bitcoin world, that can't happen. Your information can't be hacked. No, because there's, there's not, no exchange there. The encryption, nothing is ever sent plain text. So like right. when you send a fraction of a Bitcoin to buy something to from a, a seller, it's your Bitcoin ID, your ID, your bank account number is all encrypted with something called PGP encryption. And so there's no way to get any personal data from these transactions. So that sounds like that could be a good thing. Sure. Yeah, it definitely is. So are we pro-Bitcoin now or are we anti-Bitcoin? What I do don't, you think? I, I think, don't think it's for me. I think it's uncertain. I mean, as it, if I were to invest in it, 
I'm not sure I would. Just because if I were to invest in it, I would probably put like I don't know, a couple hundred dollars because you can buy fractions of a Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a single Bitcoin. You can buy fractions. <laughs> and that's and miners don't get a whole Bitcoin. They get fractions of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. So I would not. I'd probably put like if I was to invest in it, which I probably won't, I'd probably put $200 into it. Okay. Just because if it, if it, when it reaches the finite capacity, it could skyrocket in price and I could make $400. However... It's a risk because there's no incentive for the miners to continue mining, so the whole system could crash. Yes. So do we think that someday Bitcoin or something like it will be the currency we use instead of actual paper money? Because look at how many of us are using credit cards Exactly. And we're not really using real money. There's PayPal. Yeah, it's kind of just all being moved around. So maybe Bitcoin or the concept of it is going to be the wave of the future. Yeah, there's always, there's already tons and tons of other cryptocurrencies. Um, I was talking to someone, one of my friends um, from uh, who I met online uh, through a Bitcoin community. Um, He says he, he spent, he invested, I think it was $30,000 into a a mining rig. Right. And he doesn't mine Bitcoin. He mines Ethereum, which is a different type of currency. And he's running that 24-7, and he's making $6.50 an hour, 24-7, and he's he's in student housing. But he's not really running it. His rig that he spent $30,000 for is running it. Exactly. So his money is working for him because while he's out living his life, the computer is doing the work. Yep. So that's True. not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. But 30G for a rig, yeah. I don't know. And exactly. <laughs> Another that. thing that you have to consider when mining is it sucks so much power. It creates so much heat. Yeah. So oh. for this person, he's he told me he's in student housing, so he doesn't have to pay for electricity. <laughs> but if I wanted to set up a $30,000 rig in my house, it would suck so much electricity yeah. that I don't even that's know if I could point. break even. That's yeah. an interesting point. Plus, you need to have don't think so much that. cooling and in, it's so it's dangerous to have if you don't have cooling. Um, you need to have some sort of high uh, high quality water cooler or um, a, a lot of fans. But it's it's definitely a risk um, safety wise if you don't put all that money into safety. So why aren't larger corporations buying up all the Bitcoin then? Um, there are actually if you go, uh, I think in, there's some in China and Korea. They have mining farms, and those are million and million million dollars worth of mining equipment and they have these giant warehouses full of graphics cards and they're mining tons and tons and tons of bitcoins wow this is very scary to me it really is because i don't know where it's all going to end up and it just seems so virtual i like tangibility Mm -hmm. yeah definitely that's what a lot of people that's why a lot of people are turned away from bitcoin because there's they're not they can't hold it they can't say i own this because then for all they know, it's a person who's running Bitcoin could just say, all right, we're closing down Bitcoin. All <laughs> right. your money's ours. Oh, I don't like that. But now, not Bit- going to happen, Was Bitcoin, obviously. that's the one that's the most popular because that was the first one? Or? No, it wasn't no. the first. It was just timing. I think they set up, uh, again, in that documentary you mentioned, they set up ex- Bitcoin exchanges in New York. And so yeah. when you're in New York, you're in the financial capital of the right. world. Essentially, you get the most publicity. Interesting. And, then, and it's probably just right time, right place. Yeah. All right. If we want to know more about Bitcoins, we should probably watch that Netflix yeah, movie. Yeah. What's that called again? Uh, Banking on Bitcoin. It's Banking a gr- on Bitcoin. It has the whole history. It has tons of facts. It, has, um, it actually has – they interview a man who owned a Bitcoin exchange. And there was um, – they had – they went, talked through him 
what during the controversies of Bitcoin legality and everything. Wow, interesting. And now it's time for your technology tidbit, food for thought. All right, so I mentioned earlier that the, uh, the encryption protocol that anonymizes all the transaction data is called PGP. Well, in a good example of tech humor, PGP literally stands for pretty good privacy. I can't even. <laughs> pretty good privacy. Yeah. Uh, is that the standard we're shooting for here? It, yeah, it, it works. I don't know. <laughs> oh. Well, Hayden, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. You taught great. us so much. We'll have to have you back again to teach oh, us more stuff. You know, If you become a Bitcoin miner, make sure you let us know. I yeah. have mined Bitcoin before. I used a program called NiceHash, and I own one ten millionth of a Bitcoin. <laughs> wow. wow. Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't actually thought I knew anybody who owned Bitcoin, but I'll have to shake your hand. <laughs> for the show. And Brad, can you tell the folks how they can get more information from your companion page? Sure. So if you go to the org slash BDD, that's going to have the current episode. There's a form at the end of the, uh, end of the, the companion page there. If you want to hear about a specific topic, you can let us know through that. Wonderful. And thanks again so much, everybody, for being with us. Thank you, Hayden Kane, for being our resident expert. And we hope you'll be listening to us again very soon.